Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming outside me today. Today, we go to the very mountainous state of West Virginia. We're going to be talking with Brian, all things when it comes to saddle hunting, even though it's not technically a young man's game. Talking about also a little bit with the uh, buck allocations that we see across the state. And this is something that's been very new to me, talking with a whole bunch of different people from across the country and across the world. But before we get into that, if you want to be just like Brian or anybody else you hear on the Average Jack Archery podcast, please send me an email, averagejackarchery at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram and Facebook. Leave a comment on YouTube. Love to have you on the show. But this show is not about you today. It's about Brian. And Brian, thank you so much for joining us from the wonderful state of West Virginia. Thank you. Go ahead and for the folks at home, so they kind of have a general idea of a little bit of your background, you know, how long you've been hunting and that sort of stuff. Introduce yourself for the folks at home. Uh, I will be 54 years old, August 18th, which is what, three, four weeks away. Yeah. Uh, I've been actually hunting since I was probably 16, 15, 16. Nobody in my family ever hunted, so I was pretty much self-taught. And back in the day, which I can say that because I'm that old, <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't have internet. You didn't have YouTube. Uh, I got most of my knowledge from uh, Field and Stream, you know, Bow Hunter Magazine. That was my favorite. Uh, you know, it's just stuff like that and talking to other people. You know, as a young kid, I just hung out at the local sporting goods stores and, you know, I'll listen more than I talk because I was pretty shy anyway. Uh, but uh, I just would sit there and just soak up knowledge like a sponge. And it still took me several years before I got my first deer. And uh, at the age of uh, 20, uh, I did move to North Carolina for three years. And due to my work schedule, when I did come in, my hunting was very, very, very limited. Because, you know, you come in, you know, time, time you spent with friends and family and all that, you know, you just don't have a lot of time for anything else. So uh, so I was there for three years. And when I did move back, uh, I, I've always acknowledged that me being gone for those three years and not being able to do it, uh, just lit a fire in me that's never went out. And, and if anything, it just ignited it even more. And, uh, you know, you can ask, ask my wife about that. <laughs> 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 she actually told me one time, she's actually told me several times, she said, I don't know anybody that hunts as much as you do and everybody's nothing on. <laughs> yeah. My poor wife, my poor wife, bless her heart. You know, I'll, I'll come home and I'll be like, you know, honey, I, I might've seen something today or I didn't, I couldn't get a shot. And, Guess I'm going to have to try again tomorrow, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Go ahead and don't shoot. So see, good enough chance to go back. Yeah, there, no, but I, um, I know better. If that, if that, if that critter's in range, I got to skewer it. Otherwise I'm going to be up the creek without a paddle. Yeah. But uh, I am, you know, mostly bow hunter. I do hunt with, you know, I small game hunt somewhat, you know, squirrel, rabbit, whatever. I uh, love turkey hunting. I've only been turkey hunting for about 12 years. And I absolutely, I would just like saddle hunting. I wish I would have got into it a lot sooner. Um, but, uh, you know, I've been started out with a bow and I, you know, rolled well and I hope I die with the bow in my hand, you know, <laughs> I just yeah. how much I love it. I just love bow hunting. Uh, you know, I just, I, you know, I'll pack a, a gun or a muzzleloader, but those seasons are really short. You know, we have a three month, uh, boat season here and we get to hunt seven days a week now. So, you know, we have plenty of time. Don't, don't months, rub but... it in. Don't rub <laughs> it in. <laughs> Sorry. Well, the, the Sunday hunting actually just started about two years ago. So you're still um, rubbing it in. <laughs> yeah but, well I, i'm i'm with pa like you are with this Virginia. i really have no idea you know how y'all's uh how everything goes up there with you yeah so, uh, we've gotten a few they've given us a few sundays this year we're taking baby steps in the right direction 
we got a we got a Sunday at archery, a Sunday at rifle, and a Sunday I think in bear season or something like that. So we're 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 headed in the right direction. We're well, that, that's probably usually how it starts out. Um, actually, our Sunday hunting started out with just select counties. Uh, they actually put it on ballots, you know, for for the public to vote on, and uh, it got to about where half the state uh, was actually you know legalized for Sunday hunting uh, on private land only. And then uh, in 2018, they legalized it uh, statewide for, for private land only. And then last year in 2019, they made it legal for public and private land. So I hope uh, that's where we're yeah. headed because I think that's that's a lot of states have done. I think Virginia did that. Uh, maybe Maryland did it. Some some other states in Northeast have done you know kind of that slow integration. I kind of hope that we we follow that because I think it's a good idea. I really do think it's a good idea. Um, you know, I think it, it eases the public's mind a little bit. And, and we have a lot of people that use our, our public land here, PA that aren't hunters and fishermen and everything else. And I think they're a little scared about that. And I think slowly integrating, it makes it, makes it better over time. So you mentioned saddle hunting and, you know, it's kind of, as you said, it's one of those things you wish you got into earlier and, you know, poor guys like John Eberhardt are like, yeah, I've been saying that for 35 years, you know, and I think it's an, it's unfortunate for me, and we 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 share the same um, issue with why we're in saddle hunting now is because we have a bad back situation, just ability to sit in a chair and that sort of stuff. And you know, as as terrible as to say, I wish my bad my back got worse sooner, uh, you know, so I could have started saddle hunting a little sooner. But I know that I jumped in head over heels, and you did as well. So why don't you why don't you tell the folks at home a little bit about that? Because I think people really do, and I get messages from folks. And saddle hunting is a young, young man's game. It's, you know, it's for, you know, sure. You're younger, you're more athletic. Maybe, you know, I'm a little stiffer, a little older, this and everything, but you took to it like a fish to water. Oh yeah. And to me, I think being older might help you because you ain't got all that big bulk to carry. Yeah. Bulk and weight is the two biggest things that draw me to it. You know, uh, I've hunted out of uh, summits, APIs, hawk, you know, both climber and portable stands. Yeah, and I think the largest stand I ever had was like a 12-pound portable. And you still got to carry sticks or whatever, you know. So, I mean, you're looking 20, 30 pounds, not including your bow and your gear, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, uh, my saddle set up right now, uh, I, told you, I just recently got to cruise. Uh, I've got two dumb pouches. Uh, I went to Oplex ropes this year. Um, I've got a Tethers uh, bank band, yeah. And uh, I've got a their uh, hiss strip. Uh, my saddle with my ropes, bags, and everything, total weight, four pounds. Right. Yeah. And that's your tree stand and safety harness in the one, you know. Right. Uh, the heaviest part of my setup is my three hawk helium sticks. And I did, uh, I've actually went to uh, uh, Daisy Chain Amsteel this year with them. Uh, they weigh nine pounds for three sticks. That's the heaviest part of my. And another thing about saddle hunting, too, you know, like your tree stand, all your bulk and weights in primary is one thing. You know, with the saddle, you know, you, you know, it's different equipment. You know, all your bulk and weight is not in just one particular item, too. So that helps out, too. But yeah, it's definitely not a young man. I mean, it's, it's for anybody, really. Anybody can do it. Uh, it's more of a mind thing, I guess, than anything. But uh, yeah, I will never, Lord willing, I will never go back to another tree stand. Matter of fact, last year I had a hawk climber, hawk portable, and a big game uh, portable. Uh, they was all gone by hunting starters. Yeah. I sold them all. <laughs> yeah, Craigslist, here I, we go. I only had the saddle for like 
only had the saddle for like two months, but I was already hooked. You know, I told you earlier, you know, I was biting at the bit to get, you know, be able to get a real, real honey action, you know, other than just shooting a 3D target up my backyard. You know, right. I was really wanting to get into the woods and try this thing out. But. And you told me earlier, tell, tell the folks at home, like, like I know for me, my biggest thing that I should, I, I guess I didn't explain it, but like my, my biggest qualm that I had with the saddle hunting thing was, um, uh, well, I guess why I switched and felt really comfortable going to a saddle side from the back problem was that going, you know, from my climbing stick onto a hang on stand, even though I was tethered in the whole time, there was just that little bit of slack, that little bit of moment where like, this could be a part where I fall and I'm swinging against the tree and that sort of stuff. Whereas in a saddle, there's never a point where I don't feel very secure and in control the whole time from the time I leave the ground to the time I'm on my platform. And you mentioned about that your first big thing getting used to was getting away from the tree. Leaning back, yeah, nothing being behind you because, like I said, in the tree stand, you know, you got the tree back there behind you, you know. And like I said, with my bad back, I couldn't sit for a long period of time. So I did most of my time standing, you know. And then I would, you know, lean back against the tree. Yeah, you know, when you get up and saddle, there's nothing back there. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, something I forgot to mention earlier, and I'm sure you've probably seen it, you know, speaking of Jared with uh, Tethered. Uh, have you ever seen that video he did, I Fell Out of My Saddle? I think so. I don't remember, though, uh, probably. It's, it's hilarious. It is hilarious. And I actually showed that to my wife when she kept telling me I was crazy for getting out of the saddle. I don't know if it helped her calm, <laughs> calm right. her down any or not. But, yeah, if you if you can look that up, I think it's on Hunt Appalachians. I don't know if it's on Tethered's website. But, yeah, I Fell Out of My Saddle. These things, and it's just like everything else. If you don't do it properly, it's not going to do you any good. You know, it's just like everything else. But these things, in my personal opinion, if you use the right equipment and use it the way it's supposed to, they are twice as safe as any trace to anywhere to be in. There's no doubt in my mind. No and doubt. you, and one thing that is interesting that I think that we talked a little bit earlier about, I think we should unpack a little bit more too, is like getting into like. I could put this hang on that's sitting here on the wall behind me. I could put it a foot off the ground. I just feel like I'm sitting in a chair a foot off the ground. Like there's nothing to get more comfortable with. Same thing's true with a climber. But with a saddle, like talk about how you started feeling comfortable with it, right? You started from the ground up. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I started with the uh, tethered uh, mantis last year and I got the tethered trailer platform and I ordered uh, three Hawk key limb sticks. The 2019 ones, uh, ones that had the Versa button on them. I absolutely love them. Um, but I, when I got the uh, platform, I only put like a foot, foot, you know, just enough where I could step up on it. Uh, and I did that for, I don't know, several days, a week maybe. And then when I felt comfortable with that, I just put one stick on there, which I think they're 32 inch sticks. Uh, and I would use my line of the belt, you know, even though I was only going up, you know, just that little bit. And I would get up and put my platform up there. Yeah. And once I got comfortable with one stick, then I would go to my second stick. Once I got comfortable with there, then I finally got up to my third stick. And like I said, I mean, I got my whole complete setup I had by the 1st of August. And our season, uh, both seasons starts last Saturday in September. Uh, by the time it was here, I mean, I was perfectly, perfectly fine with everything. Uh, but like I said, I also practiced almost every day. Not only practice shooting out there, just the whole complete setup. You know, uh, like I said, I, Pack my backpack here on my front porch and walk out in my little patch of woods behind my house, which is only a couple hundred feet away, you know, and practice unpacking my backpack, you know, exactly how I was going to do it in the woods so I wouldn't be fumbling around. So, you know, by the time hunting season comes around, I was I was ready to go. So and how did you I think find it's important to practice everything? Yeah. 
How how did you find speaking of the practice of the shooting part, how did you find like that first couple of shots out of the saddle? Like how did you find in terms of your stability and stuff? It was definitely a learning curve. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was not very good at first. Uh but actually I didn't start shooting until I I went up and down several times to practice my, you know, getting my sticks up and stuff. Um, I probably practiced that for a good solid week before I even took my bow up the tree. Uh but yeah, it was a little, you know, there's a lot different between just you know, hanging off the side of the tree and then, you know, turn to your left or to your right with a bow in your hand and trying to shoot. Yeah. But you say, you know, you still got that same as you do in the tree stand, you know, you got to, you know, pivot your hips and stuff. And, you know, of course, the higher up you go too, the steeper the angle it is. So, yeah, that's something you need to keep in mind too. But, I mean, really, it's no different than a tree stand once you get used to it. Um, yeah, the present platform, that thing is rock solid. I have never had one issue with mine. I absolutely love that thing. And I noticed this year they're coming out with one that's a little bit bigger. Uh, I've seen the other day. Yeah, and I, I, uh, some people do like that XL kind of platform. They think that the original Predator is a little bit smaller. I have size 12 and a half hunt boots, you know, 1,000 gram insulation. I personally don't have a problem getting around on that small platform, um, you know, pivoting, getting all the shots I need. Yeah, I've got size 10 or 10 and a half, I think, my hunt boots. I'm a little bit bigger, but uh, yeah, I have absolutely no, no problem at all with, uh, the space on and like i said side pressure takes side pressure good i mean i think is if you can't on there the way you know the way they showed on some of the videos uh, no issues at all and another thing i've left mine overnight not on the public land but over on the private land uh like if i hunted the tree one night and i know it's gonna be back in the next morning even on a real cold crisp morning you know a lot of times you get up in your tree stand yeah it's got that pop and crack not one time did i ever hunt, hear any pop crack squeak anything out of that thing right. so uh yeah like it just rocks all in. yeah one time uh for kicks and giggles i took my old uh gorilla climbing steel tree stand out and just 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 took it out just to you know put it to a tree and climb up with it to see if really like if the saddle was so much faster the noise alone i got two foot off the ground i'm done i was done i could i'm like how did i live with this amount of noise you know, think about how many deer I spooked within a 50, 60, 70 yard radius. I never even got to see. I'm completely silent going up and down the tree. And speaking of going up and down the tree, something that, that's really happened with me with a saddle. Now, Grant, I'm pretty tall. You know, you're a little bit on the, sh- a little shorter than six foot. I'm six four. I get up, I get up pretty tall and I lean a lot. So, I'll, you know, even then I'm not like in a seated position. I don't feel nearly the need to get as high as I did in a tree stand. Like I always felt like 20 foot had to be like the minimum height for me in a tree stand. Cause I'm sitting there and I feel like, you know, cause your feet are only a few feet below you. But now that I'm standing, I feel like 12 to 15 foot with me now being another five, you know, my bow arms could be about another five, almost six feet above that. You know, now you're talking 18 to 21 feet just to the bow and you're already standing. I don't feel the need to get as high. I don't have fear of heights, but I don't feel the need to get as high. Do you still feel, do you have that sense? Like, did you have the, I have to get high originally and now you're kind of, originally i did yeah and then i yeah the same way i got to realize but and then another thing too you know you go close to the tree you tree stand deer comes down and sees a big clumpy thing hanging off the side of the tree you know deer come in i don't know how many times i grabbed a hold of my tether and just stood straight up on the platform and put my you know my stomach and my chest right in against the tree i couldn't tell you how many times last year i mean i'm a mature does at this you know and they're not always easy to get away with uh within 10 yards i mean i mean just stop and look right up at me and keep on going you know because you're so close to the tree whether in a tree stand you know you got that big 
you know, not hanging out right. the side of it. Huge yeah. old tree goiter there. So, you know, to me, that's just another another bonus right. for the sound. And I, you know? I, you know, this is all anecdotal, of course, what we're saying here, you know, hugging the tree and that sort of stuff. I Last year, you know, here in PA, we have all the topography down in West Virginia. You have the topography, and I was hunting on a bench, and the top of the ridge, one ridge was above me, like eyeball level, and the bench that I was expecting deer movement was way below me. So I was only about 15 foot off the ground. And down beneath me was another 15, 20 foot at least. And, but I had two deer and I'm sitting there with a thermos of coffee, just leaning away from the tree. And I hear him. It's first week of the rut, if you will, there in November. And here comes a doe and she's up on that ridge. She's eyeball height with me. And she looks right at me. I'm just sitting there. It's like the gray dawn morning. I can know, I know she sees me playing as day. Never. I'm just, I, I don't know if I just look like a giant branch coming off the tree, leaning away. I don't know. I know if I had been sitting in my climber, she's blowing, she's gone. She looked right at me, never stomped, never did anything, and she just kept going. And a buck, now granted, bucks during the rut are a little, you know, a little horned up. They got other things to think about. Yeah, but he came in, he did the exact same thing. He stopped, looked at me, and their wind, wind was going away from him, so that was probably another positive. Looked right at me, didn't stomp, didn't do the whole head up and down thing to get me to move. And just just kept on going, and that was that was like a first like I'm just sitting there with the thermos of coffee, steam's coming up in my face, you know. I don't look natural at all, yeah. I think. And they didn't even do <laughs> yeah. a single thing that was wigging them out. So, I yeah, for me, I think the concealment that's interesting. I'll have to play with that tip what you just mentioned. They're actually pulling up on the bridge and yeah. standing on the platform. Yeah, I mean, I did that. More yeah, than that's once, slick. Yeah. I'm a, I'm literally gonna write that down right now. Stand. <laughs> And another thing too, you know, and I've heard a lot of these, you know, keeping the tree between you and the deer, you know, you can't do that in right. a tree stand. You know, you can't move around the side of the tree and, you know. I've done that. Do I did that a couple of times last year, not because I was, I was trying to hide so I could draw, just, I didn't need them picking me off. I didn't need to screw it around. And it's, and it's not a lot of movement too. Like I, I, I suffer from, I don't know if it's actually diagnosable or not, RLS, restless leg syndrome. I sit there in a tree stand, my feet just up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. I got ADD so bad. It's so, it's like a goldfish up there in the tree. And, but just, it's not a whole lot. You think you'd be constantly swaying and constantly moving. And I don't, I'm just very stationary. I got a little bit of movement, you know, if there's a breeze or something, but it's just a, a little shift around that side of that tree and you're completely concealed. And I did that several times just to stay out of the way. Cause I don't need them in my line of sight if, if they don't have to be. And uh, just sit there, play peekaboo with him for a while. So let's talk about, you know, I, I've just mentioned the topography here. Let's just unpack this real quick with, you know, West Virginia. And I, I brought this stat up earlier when we were off air. But in terms of square miles, West Virginia is Maryland, Delaware, and New Jersey combined. But it has the population of Philadelphia, which is the biggest city in my, you know, like about one and a half million people in a space that big. So not very populated. So you are littered with public land and you said something which i had never heard of but it kind of sounds plausible if you well you say it about the topography if you flattened it out yeah if you flatten out west virginia and I, i've been told this i think a couple times uh if you just flatten out west virginia completely flat we would be the size of texas just because of all the goes. mountains and everything yeah just because it's so you know so mountainous and steep yeah it's it's all tears mountains <laughs> yeah um, and that's and that when you said that earlier i was like there's no way and the more i got to thinking about it because i went on on x just to look at it and it's just one giant solid topo line if you zoom all the way yeah. out you can't even see <laughs> you can't even see anything so it's it's true big woods in a lot of the places now 
you hunt a little bit of public, a little bit of private. Most of that's for ease of accessibility. I mean, you got two private pieces that you have permission, you know, right outside your front door. And I can't blame you there. But in terms of hunting those those big woods and that sort of stuff, do you I know that I get a incredible enjoyment out of harvesting critters on public land, even though private land deer, it's still very exciting. But that public land, oh, yeah. you know, that Oak Ridge, fewer numbers of deer. Do you get just that yeah. same excitement even this many years into hunting? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, well, we've been in pretty good size heat wave here the last couple of weeks. And it's really kept me out of the woods here. You know, it's just been absolutely miserable. We actually just got some rain here today that we've much needed. But, uh, yeah, I'm getting ready to start hitting it pretty good. Actually, I'm going Saturday morning. I've just bought a new trail camera. Um, we'll go Saturday morning. Put it, I've already got one trail camera on public land right now. Um, I'm going to go hang another one on public land Saturday on another spot. Uh, I've hunted just public land for probably 10 or 11 years, and I've had so many spots that I like that now I just go find out and try to find out where the best oak grass is right now. And just that's usually the spots I usually right. hit first. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely love. And and then again, you know, we talked about earlier the public land that I hunt on. It had some pretty strict buck restriction on it. So, you know, even, to, you know, if I was able to, which I've never wanted to take one off her yet, but, uh, you know, when you take a buck off that place, it's it's really something to right. be proud of. It, <laughs> it's and I have to nice say one. this too, because this is another thing I get a lot with saddle hunting and tie this into the public and private thing, you know, and of course, you know, we could, we could get, skip past the young man's game and you're know, going in deep and all that sort of stuff. And I too, you'd yeah. said it earlier off air, but like, there's times where you pass up on a deer because you just don't want to drag the dumb thing out of the woods. And that's, there are times where oh, I do yeah. the exact same thing. And I'm supposed to be the young man's game, but, uh, but yeah. it's, it's interesting to me, the more I talk to a lot of people that either hunt exclusively private, you know, in particular States like Indiana, where there's like almost no public land and, and, and in Illinois, where there's very little public land. Mm-hmm. These guys are hunting exclusively private, but they still are going to a saddle or a much mobile, more mobile system because they're tired of doing the old ladder stands and stuff. Did you do that a lot? And you're just yeah. kind of tired of that and you just want to be more mobile in general? Well, yeah, it's just, it was something new, you know. Uh, like I said, it was the first time I was, you know, mentioned my saddle hunting and I looked at it and I was like, there's no way in the world. You know, four months later, I yeah. ordered my first yeah. one. You know, I mean, just, I wore YouTube yeah. out. <laughs> I probably watched every saddle hunting video I could watch a dozen times. You know, and, and replay them and replay them, you know, getting everybody's, you know, opinion and just watching everything. They have just a, a, a big draw, you know. Like I said, I am getting older, and I think you mentioned your knees, you know, or your, or your uncle, your, dad, yeah. your dad's knees. Uh, your dad said his knees was, uh, you know, I mean, I never played sports, but I just contribute mine to run up down these mountains. Yeah, right. Life. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's took them toll on me. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, you know, I'll be 54 here in a few weeks. And, uh, you know, and I am by no, you know, I would never be on front of men's yeah. health. I know, no, I mean, you know, you no me way, <laughs> you know, shape or form. Yeah, nowhere close to it. So, uh, you know, I'm 5'10", 200 pounds, and I do have asthma too. You know, and I haven't been in trouble at very rare dollars, but, uh, you know, just, yeah. And like I said already, my whole, my actual saddle with my ropes and everything I need right now, you know, four pounds compared to the lightest portable stand I had was like 12. You know, most, uh, tree stand the uh, climbing stands I had was average about 20 pounds you know 20 22 pound stand you know and that's just a lot of weight to be carrying and you mentioned earlier about the metal and dinging and you know, I don't care how much you try to silence it you know you're always dropping something or, or banging something or something and you just 
It's quieter. It's lighter. It's faster. The only downfall that I can even think about saddle hunting, and we talked about this earlier, is, you know, you can't go into one of these stores and look at it. You know, you can't get hands on, you know, unless, you know, go, you know, Tether's doing a good job. Well, they had a bunch of them, I guess. Most of them got canceled because of uh, Corona. But, uh, you know, so, you know, if you can go somewhere that knows somebody that has one, and I'm all the time telling people, every time I talk to somebody, I said, you know, Try mine. I'm will. I don't care. Try it. You know, I'll meet you at a public place. You know, you don't have to come to my house. I don't want to come to yours. You know, we'll meet you somewhere public. I'll I'll bring anything I've got and let you shot. You know, and to this date, nobody's took me up on it. Like, eh, I don't know. You know so, Get worried about those hillbillies yeah, down in West Virginia. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever seen yeah. wrong turns? <laughs> <laughs> it is true, but yeah. but that is that's something that. I think, uh, and we talked maybe a little earlier about that's something we're going to start seeing that paradigm shift. And if you, you know, if you, you know, Hawks coming out with a saddle, which of course they're a big player in the tree stand. Yeah. Hawks coming out with a saddle. Uh, I think it's a whole saddle platform, like whole kit caboodle because they had uh, for all the DIYers, you know, you might've seen it too. Some people would take the Hawk had like a tree seat that you just bolted onto the tree or not bolted, but grabbed the tree and you sat at ground level. And a lot of people were using that. Heck I used an old, steel tree stand seat you know and i diy'd my own platform thank god i have the predator now because that thing was sketchier than sketchy could be and um but a lot of people took that and i think hawk tennis took notice and so they they're starting to produce and they're you know of course a mass producer of tree stands and the hawk helium sticks and everything so i think they'll start getting in and, and now trophy lines part of the they're they're a little bit bigger player in terms of the recognition uh they're they're now in it they're making a, a platform that's kind of like the predator um uh and so there there's a lot of people i think that are getting on the bandwagon and i don't i do not see this personally as a fad i really don't i really think it's going to be around yeah. for quite some time well, i heard a lot of that last year i heard that thrown around yeah. quite a bit last year oh it's just a fad it's just a fad but no i don't see that either i think it's going to take off and you know more every year you know uh still i, I still run across a bunch of people that's never heard of it or if they have heard of, they don't really know anything about it, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's great. Like I said, you know, I I don't ever see me going back to a stadium. For I love seeing the pictures on Facebook so. of parents putting their kids in saddles. You know, I think that's yeah. that's the coolest thing to me. You know, and kids want to get you know kids yeah. want to hunt out of the saddle with dad or grandpa or something like that. I think I think that's a real cool thing. Yeah. So I want to dive into you know we talked the big woods and the saddle hunting and we talked passing up on deer. And there are certain reasons why we pass up deer because we don't want to shoot them that thing. But there's also, at least here in PA and down in your in West Virginia as well, we have antler restrictions uh, in, in certain ways. And uh, I, here in PA, we're a one buck state, and so I know you know if I've got now I don't run too many trail cameras on public because you know people have sticky fingers on public land here in PA. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so. Um, I know, you know, I sometimes struggle with, you know, I know there's a big buck in this area or a bigger buck, but then that legal six point, seven point little basket rack walks past me. You know, I only have one tag to fill and he's probably going to taste the same, but do I want to hold off on shooting that buck? But down in certain other states, you know, you have multiple bucks down in West Virginia, a three buck state. And we talked a little bit earlier, and I kind of want to pack it a little bit more some of the pros and cons of the one buck state, three buck state and, and how that plays. And we talk, chat a little bit about CWD, which we could, as a, that's a whole podcast series, but we could, we could touch on a little yeah. bit, but um, uh, go ahead. I, I kind of want to hear your perspective. The folks at home hear your perspective on the three buck state limit in West Virginia, how you feel about how that 
shapes your season and shapes your overall, you know, you, how you would hunt that, those three seasons there? Um, well, actually, I like it. You know, like I said, I don't, I have never, uh, I have never killed three bucks in one year. I've killed multiple, two bucks, you know, multiple. Um, not because I didn't have the opportunity, just, uh, you know, a lot of times, especially if you shoot a decent six or seven or eight, you know, nine point early on, you know, then a little four point comes along. Yeah, maybe I'll wait on Big Brother's coming. You know, so it's a little bit easier. To practice. And then, like I said, over the last, I think I told you what, eight or 10 years, uh, I, you know, I think it just comes with age. I'm starting to let some of the smaller bucks pass myself, you know. Uh, there is a push. Uh, there's a group that's called uh, Better Buck Management for West Virginia or something like that. Uh, they've been a push for several years, uh, trying to get changed to a one buck. Actually, what they want to do is go down to a two two buck state, and then go to a one buck state. But I think I've heard talk about the, you know they also want to add ant restrictions on that. And my view is, you know, if you do go to a two or a one, you know, don't put an ant restriction on. You know, if somebody's only got that one buck to kill, don't make it any harder than what it already is. You know, and um. And it's almost the same way as several years ago when they, uh, probably about three or four years ago now, when they legalized crossbows. Before it was on, you had to have a certain permit from a doctor to be able to shoot one. Then they legalized them for everybody. And there was a big group of people that was pushing back saying, no, no, the poaching rates want to go up. In my argument, you know, somebody's going to poach. I don't care if it's a crossbow or a, you know, a 500 BMG. You know, they're going to shoot what they're going to shoot. You know? And after the first year, you know, the numbers, a lot of, I think, of people that bow hunted, or not a lot, but I think several people that bow hunted actually went into crossbow hunting. Me, my personally, uh, my father-in-law bought me one a couple of years ago for Christmas. I shot a deer with it. You know, uh, to me, it's just not me. I'm just, I love, you know, the thrill of that beer being there, and you got to come back to full draw and stuff. You know, that's why I don't, you know, uh, and I used to say this when I was younger. I don't know how I feel, but I said I'd rather deer with a bow and I would miss one I would rather miss a deer with a bow than shoot one with a gun <laughs> you know just I just have such a passion for bow hunting and uh but crossbow I think has gotten maybe some of the older people that can't shoot a vertical bow anymore it's back in the woods because I know we mentioned very rarely talked about this earlier you know about hunter number hunters numbers dropping across the you know across this country in every state you know and I think crossbows might have bought those numbers back up just a little bit, you know, for some of the older people that, you know, uh, might not be able to pull the bow back like they are. So, uh, but yeah, we are a three buck state. And like I said, you know, we talked earlier, uh, the, not all, uh, private land, I mean, public land, sorry, you talked about, but I think there's like a dozen of different uh, public lands throughout the state does have a restriction. Uh, you're allowed one buck. I know the one that's pretty close to my house here is one of them. You're only allowed one buck and it has to have a 14 inch, minimum 14 inch spread uh there's no point restriction on it just a, a spread restriction and to this day i've seen a couple of nice ones up there but i and i've got some on camera right now but even you know midsummer they're already out past their ears so you know come come time fall comes around they're gonna be right. very legal and uh but you know that point now and then getting yeah. back on them yeah you know, it's not always easy yeah, they get big yeah. for a reason run the uh, <laughs> and, run the uh, uh how how run the number because I, I didn't put it down in my notes how long ago did you guys legalize crossbows? I don't remember exactly. I'm thinking three to four years. Oh, so it's uh, it's fairly recent. That's what I thought. Fair, yeah, yeah. So, I know. I know yeah. it's been within five years anyway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Like I said, I, I don't know exactly because I just never, uh, you know, it was just never for me. Now my youngest, right. I mean, my oldest son, he loves it. Uh, 
he shot, I think, one deer with a bow one time, and he just really never got into it. Man, when they legalized crossbows, man, his eye just lit up and said, "Oh yeah!" Yeah. Right. So we bought him one. He loves it. I mean, he, but yeah, I guess I'm old school or whatever. I just I've always well, loved, it, you know, and I and I'm old school too. You know, it's it's interesting. I um, we legalized crossbows. I want to say close to nine, 10 years ago, it might be just a scotch sooner than that. I can't remember off the top of my head, but again, it was the medical thing. And my father-in-law actually was medically disabled, uh, um, actually received a lung transplant five years ago, uh, because of his disability. And he always hunted with a crossbow and that a is awesome that now everybody can do it. But two, I think the biggest thing is now is, and I don't, I don't know what your opener is like in, in PA when it comes to the guns or in West Virginia, when it comes to the gun season. It seems like it's always sleeting and snowing sideways, our opener of the gun <laughs> season here. It's yeah, just nasty. Yeah. It's cold. And the cool thing for me working in the education system, you know, I, I teach middle schoolers and that's right around that time when they can start carrying their own weapon. They can start doing all that sort of stuff. And, and now when, you know, when I started hunting, you had, you, we, we crossbows weren't legal for the youth. And so I had to be out there in gun season. And I had to freeze my butt off, but now I can have a kid come into school the first week of October and tell me they shot their first deer in 65 degree weather out of the blind with grandpa with the crossbow. And that just warms my heart. Now it did increase a lot of the people that in my opinion should be hunting with a bow that are now hunting with a crossbow. But at the same time, at least for us here, I know in certain States like in Wisconsin, it's actually a separated um, season. There's a crossbow only season and an archery season. I'm glad we don't have that. I, I don't mind, you know, it's getting more people in the woods. Um, again, it does bring in a lot of the older crowd. Uh, and quite frankly, I've seen a, a slight shift that people are going out with the crossbows. They're obviously way more proficient than they ever were with a bow and they're harvesting their deer in October, November, and there's fewer idiots running around with 30 out sixes <laughs> the Monday after Thanksgiving. And yeah. so people are like, Oh, the, you know, gun hunting, you know, used to see all these deer getting pushed. And I'm like, you know, well, you got to go find them. You know, it's, it's, there's fewer people in the woods and gun season, which I'm okay with. Not that we ever have accidents. I don't think we've had an accident PA in a very, very long, a, a mortality type type of accident with a firearm in a very, very long time. But yeah, I think, I think it's cool. I'm, 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 you know, I'm on the fence with certain things just like you are down there in West Virginia, but I think it does do a lot of positives in a lot of different ways. Um, and I, I, I'm glad that they're around. I, I wish crossbow manufacturers though wouldn't, wouldn't have commercials shooting their bows out to a hundred yards though. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that gives the wrong image to, you know, novice people. Yeah. People really don't know. Yeah. Just like uh, a gun, right? You know, you yeah, can take yeah, that. Like, yeah, yeah. And like I said, I mean, it's not for me. But I'm not going to bash anybody. I don't care, you know, what their age is or health. I don't care. You know, if that's what you want to do, if it's legal and you want to do it, that's fine. Yeah, you know, as long as you buy your tags and do everything right, like I do, I, don't, I have no problem with it. Yeah, you know? uh, you know, and that's kind of same way with the uh, push for the wooden buck limit here. You know, uh, you know, a lot of these people are like, you know, yeah, but one buck, one buck, you know, and you know. If that's all you want to shoot, fine, you know, but I just feel like, you know, don't try to force it on me, you know, which I don't ever shoot three, but, you know, and I may never, you know, uh, like I said, I, I usually average pretty, hopefully most of the time, you know, I average two bucks a year, you know, but I, I try to, you know, even I told you earlier, you know, I try to keep it even between bucks and does, you know, um, like I said, one buck the back there behind me that I shot early last year out of the saddle, you know, 
I had one more archery tag for a buck, you know, and I saved it for November, you know. So I, I harvested it, though, you know, a few weeks later. So, and then, uh, but that, you know, that's how, you know, I did end up eating a little bit of tag soup last year, but, you know, they, you uh, got a lot of tags to put in that soup, you know. Yeah. If I got, I got like one or two, maybe <laughs> eat, a little, yeah. eat a little tag soup, but, um, <laughs> I, it's I want to, I want to do want to talk about the doe thing. You, you, you know, you brought, you're shooting, you know, you're trying to offset, you know, the number yeah. of, of mouths you feed. And usually I am, uh, I'm all for the one buck state, you know, Ohio is a one buck state, PA is yeah. one buck state. A lot of states are one buck state. I'm usually a huge Kentucky proponent is, of that. Yeah. Kentucky is, I'm usually a huge proponent of that, but in certain, like, for example, in West Virginia, just talking again, back to the population numbers, number of people you have there, you know, even if every hunter shot three bucks, every bow hunter shot three bucks in West Virginia, you probably still like if every, if we here in PA, every bow hunter shot three bucks, we, we'd have a hurt on the deer population, but down in your way, just the number of hunters versus not a land mass and just the whitetail thing, it makes a lot more sense. So I, you know, so I've, I've gotten in some discussions, heated discussions with people that, Oh, you know, you want the whole country. I don't want the whole country. There are certain places where it makes sense. We talked, you know, about Catman down, Jonathan down in Tennessee, there's so many stinking deer in Tennessee, or at least where he's hunting. There's so many stinking deer in yeah. Tennessee. He can shoot as many as he likes. It's good YouTube footage, uh, yeah. but it definitely it definitely makes sense to keep that. And and I have a, a a problem with changing up tradition. You know, if that's something that kind of stakes. You know, we fought. We had a lot of fight here. We put in antler restrictions um, here in PA. And that was a that was a big thing. And um, you know, there's still kind of the stigma of, you know, do you shoot does or do you not shoot does? There's a lot of old stigmas that, that stick around. And I'm glad that there's some paradigm shifts in certain places, but I'm glad there in West Virginia, you guys are kind of sticking to your guns on that one. Cause I think it's good. I think it's good for yeah. the hunting. Well, I want to say something real quick too. I don't really, I can't recall how long ago it was, but several, several, several years ago, we was at one time we was a five buck state. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. So and you then, have come down. Oh Yeah. Well, originally, uh, when they went from five, they dropped it to a two-buck state for one for one year, and they had such a backlash that they moved it to three buck, and it's been like that for a long time. So you know, I just don't know what you know. Of course, I, there's not as many hunters in the woods as there used to be, you know, and uh, you know we've talked about that. So uh, yeah, I think the only way you could really do it, you would have to ask every single hunter that buys a, you know buys their license you know each and every single one not just a poll on facebook because not everybody's on facebook you know not a poll at your local courthouse because not everybody goes you know in my opinion you would have to ask every single hunter that buys it, their license here in west virginia are you in favor of it or no yes or no plain and simple you know and to me i, I don't think that's ever happened you know just to get everybody's opinion you know to see exactly, you know, what, what the majority, and I ain't saying, you know, just cause everybody wants it, that's where it should go. But, you know, just to be fair about it, you know, get everybody's opinion on it. You know, not just, uh, you know, 50% or 80%, you know, 100% everybody. You know, that's just the way I look at it. You know? Right. But everybody don't actually see the way I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to ask because this, again, I'm coming from a state where, you know, I'm shooting one deer, you know, our, our doe licenses are separated They're by rounds. I don't get them automatically. So really we get about two. If you push yourself, you can get three or four tags if you really, but still one buck and then multiple does. I have to ask because two deer for my family is perfect for the, for the whole year to go through. But you know, you're putting 
three, four, five deer in the freezer, if you will, are you finding, because I have to ask just my own personal curiosity, are you eating or are you donating or are you sharing with friends and family? I'm glad you brought that up. I, I was, some of my notes I had earlier and I've, you know, we've gotten talking into everything we got. Uh, I am a huge, huge proponent of helping. Uh, in West Virginia, it's called the Hunters Helping the Hungry. I know most states have these things. Yeah. I, absolutely. I donate as much as I can. Yeah. Because uh, we, well, I've got, my, me and my wife, my two my two sons, and my oldest son actually just moved out last week. Uh, he just turned twenty one. He just finally moved out. Finally, yeah. mama's heart mama's heart still hurting a little bit. Yeah. He comes back every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here, you're tired of paying the grocery bill with him. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he, he won't be far. But I mean, for the most part, we you know, two or three deer will last us a long time. But okay. I've actually in the last couple of years really gotten into doing different like. Uh, you know, Grant Lemons, uh, he's got a great video on making deer sausage. I had never had deer sausage the last year. Uh, man, I, You never had deer sausage? No. Oh, that is my guilty pleasure. Uh, venison and, sausage, venison bratwurst, summer sausage, jerky. Yeah, it's all I mean, the unhealthy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, in years past, you know, I mean, I would keep like a couple hams for the, you know, crock pot or, or cut some up in the stew meat or whatever. But the majority of it was just always, you know, of course, tenderloin. We always kept that out for you know fix it but most of it was already just ground up because we use so much ground meat and so much stuff you know just perfectly natural but uh no i always try to donate at least you know one deer per year you know and if, if i'm if i get four deer they'll probably uh good chance i'm two of them's getting donated yeah i am a huge huge you know fan of helping you know any pro any state that has a program like that or unless you know maybe you know a family that's you know, could use a little bit extra help. You know, with, with, you know, if you even if you do it yourself or take it to a butcher and just have a whole deer ground up in a burger, you know, and take it to them, you know, that fifty or hundred dollars they save at the store that month might be able to help them do something else. You know, uh, yeah. And I even even on our license when we go to buy a license uh, online, it has a place where you can donate money to the program hunters for hungry, and I donate money every year. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge huge fan of helping, and I think everybody. You know, if you hunt for yourself, that's fine. But, you know, if you don't need the meat, you know, uh, yeah, definitely donate it either to a program or a uh, family or something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge uh, fan of doing that. And I always try to, I always try to donate at least one day a year, at least. Yeah. And I, and I think that's something that I had kind of forgotten about. Again, you know, I, I don't shoot that many deer, the deer that I usually shoot. It was for quite some time where I went nine years for uh, in a drought shooting a buck because part of it was the antler restrictions part of it i was going through college i was getting my first job i just didn't hunt that much and um i did shoot a doe all those years and so that that meat stayed in our family um but there was one year where i did shoot three and i was no way we were gonna eat three and uh so i did donate the one we and i don't know how much it gets used and i kind of completely forgot about it until i saw uh jonathan there at Catman on youtube and he donates at least one if not two sometimes up to three down in tennessee for the hunters feeding the hungry and i know there there was for a while i don't think it's the same anymore in pa but there was a um you had to pay a fee so like you still had to take it and then pay a fee to have them process it like 30 bucks or so. it wasn't it wasn't great but i know that pushed a lot of people because like well i went out and shot the thing and i and i'm like you're feeding a lot of very yeah, i mean what's uh, 30 bucks to unfortunately you somebody it, that... right that food could mean so much right. to somebody. So I yeah. still, I still, 
if I shoot three deer and I'm, I'm still been trying to do it so I could do it, but I still always would give it. Cause a lot of the people that are, that are the processors for it, you know, one of the processors here locally at, in my little, in my little County here, it's just a wife and, and uh, a husband and wife doing it out of their garage. You know, there's a big pole barn type thing right here, almost in like our little city and our little town. And, and uh, you know, that's just what they're doing. I know she, I know where she works. I know he drives truck. You know, these people aren't billionaires. Fork them 20, fork them 20 bucks to go donate that yeah. deer, 30 bucks, 40 yeah, bucks, whatever, to go donate that deer. Yeah, to do it, yeah. Right. Yeah. Their, their machinery and their, you know, the cleaning yeah. stuff and everything. Yeah, there, and there's no the charge here. But, uh, like I said, I donate money to it every year when I buy my license. And, you yeah, know, I try to, you know, always, I like, and, yeah, nothing too. I mean, just get you out in the woods more. <laughs> you know, if you've already got your deer, yeah. go ahead and get one from somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I kind of, that's interesting. You bring up the, uh, the online thing. I, I've kind of thought at certain times that, you know, I wouldn't cry over adding a $2 to our licenses to go help pay for yeah. that. You know, my general license just for put two bucks yeah. on it. And then, you know, think of, you know, I think it's something like we have like a little over 800,000 hunters here in PA, you know, 800, yeah. that's, that, that's a chunk of change at $2 yeah, per that you would license never miss. That's a drink at a convenience store. Yeah. yeah. Not even, you know, it depends, you know, yeah, depends yeah. what you buy. And, you know, yeah. these people, you know, you go down to Dunkin' Donuts and get your coffee before work five days a week, spend three bucks. But just, just you know, if it was two bucks, I've often thought that would be a, a really unique thing. And, and uh, you know, everybody's against raising the price of hunting licenses. Everybody is always and forever. And PA is still pretty cheap for a resident. It's like, you know, Grand, you're only going to get the one tag, but it's still like 21 bucks. And, you know, that, that's cheap for a whole deer, you know, and, and, uh, and two turkey, you know, one for fall, one for the spring. And that's pretty stinking good. And, uh, you know, I would have no problems if they, if they tacked on extra two bucks and, and that was part of the thing. I think that's a, a, a very underutilized and underappreciated program. And you bring up, it is. I, you bring up too. I like to try to mention that anytime. Yeah. I can, and you bring up too, yeah. giving it to families, you know, a, a lot of our local churches run food banks and that sort of stuff. And, I know there are families where, you know, the venison that they go out and hunt, you know, maybe it's a father son combo and that's the family's red meat for the entire year. And, um, and you know, there are times where it's been, they, they don't get anything. Well, you know, you know, again, if you know that person, I, I don't think I don't know a call, a male colleague at my school that doesn't, well, I know one, but I'm not too worried about them, but the, the rest of them, they all hunt in some way, shape or form. And they rely on that meat a good portion of their grocery bill and so i've given a couple i've given a backstrap to a guy because you know they didn't he's got a whole bunch more mouths at home to feed than i do and i don't need that one backstrap or here's a couple pounds of ground or something like that it's it's a real good way to share some incredibly organic meat too like that's the that's the other cool part. oh yeah well, i say you don't have to go through the program you can do it yourself you know you just know somebody that you know i mean everybody knows somebody i think could use a you know an extra meal or something down the line but and again, you got, yeah, not everybody likes deer meat. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. Like you were talking about the ground thing. That's like my wife and I put so much into it's tacos, it's lasagna, it's sausage, it's burger, it's, 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 it's more, yeah. you know, that spaghetti, spaghetti chili, and chill. I mean, it, there's endless. endless thing. You know, I'm not actually really just a, a sit down and chew on a hunk of red meat guy in general, beef steak or pork. It's just not something, it's just not something for me. But I'll put ground in just about fifty-seven thousand different ways. And the sausage, the sausage is my guilty pleasure. The um, the uh, I have a 
the same processor that I, I alluded to earlier, the wife, she makes the best three pound log, hot venison bologna. Oh, it's got hot pepper, you know, high, um, high temp, hot pepper cheese in it. Oh my gosh. I could sit down and eat a chunk of that. And I regret it about two hours later sitting on the throne, but, uh, it's, it's, it's well worth the, uh, the price of admission there. So I'll take it any day of the week. Well, Brian, I can't thank you enough for coming on to the podcast today, but is there anything and by way of social media that the folks at home could follow along with the, uh, guy with the best hair in West Virginia? <laughs> yeah. Mullet oh, man. <laughs> Business in the front party in the back, man. Hey, there's a mullet man. Are you on YouTube? But yeah. Yeah, I'm rocking them all. Uh, I used to tell people all the time, I was born in the 60s, I was raised in the 70s, but I'm a product of the 80s. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> but, Wonderful. Uh, um, yeah, at, uh, B, uh, Instagram, uh, you can find me on BK Bowhunter, which I do post a lot of my trail cam pictures and stuff like that. I don't make it on my YouTube channel. Uh, my YouTube channel is BK Bowhunter 1, because when I started it, BK Bowhunter was taken. <laughs> I've never checked again see if it's still available. But I had to put a one on the end of it. So anyway, that's uh, my YouTube channel there. Uh, and like I said, about everybody subscribes me, I'll subscribe back. You know, which I've already got you. So that's um, good. You and the uh, budget sportman. His, his name's Nate too, also, isn't it? Yeah, it's Nate. Yeah, we and it's <laughs> it, yeah, and he lives about forty minutes away. So it's yeah, it's good. a good friendship we got. Yeah, that's, so. that's good. You know, um, but uh, other than that, that's pretty much it. Uh, but I do have, uh, I actually just got a new uh, little handy cam in this year. I do have an action cam this year. So I really do. And that's one of my goals this year to really start trying to put a little bit more uh, footage in. So, uh, you know, if you want to check out the channel, it's not really, it's not the best in the world. I'm going to tell you that right now. But uh, it's fun. I enjoy doing it. Um, well, if you go back yeah. and watch all my old stuff, it's 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 not amazing either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, so hopefully, hopefully I get a little bit better this year and then yeah. next year, which I'm actually got my eye on an elite bow. I'm trying to work in before bow season gets here. I'm shooting at Matthews right now, but I'm really wanting an elite. Actually, I, I, was planning on getting a, I was planning on getting it last year, but I had spent so much money on saddle hunting yeah. <laughs> that I had to put it on the back burner. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, like I said my first one. Uh, anytime you want to hit me back up for anything, I'll be more than glad. And if you ever want to make a trip down here to uh, hunt some of these mountains, just let me know. I appreciate it, bud. Thanks so much. Well, folks, folks, if you want to be just like Brian, be on the podcast and, and, uh, and just hang out with me for an hour. So please average archery at gmail.com. Hit me up on Facebook and Instagram. Send me a YouTube comment. Be glad to have you on and talk with you. Hope you're able to get outside. Enjoy the sport of archery, archery hunting. If you so choose, definitely enjoy God's beautiful creation. And we'll get to see you next time.